scriptures, if you would, to Luke chapter number 19. Luke chapter number 19, and I trust the Lord will just use us this evening to be a help and uh, challenge our hearts together as we look through the Word of God. And the Lord directed me in this way, and as I was uh, going back over it this afternoon and studying about uh, some things again, I noticed myself that my first point and my last point are the same as this morning. Now, it's a whole different set of points, but it's the same words, so uh, before you notice it, I'll just go ahead and tell you to be ready for it. But I hope the Lord will still use it. And uh, I believe this is what the Lord would have for us. And I trust the Lord will use it to challenge our hearts this evening. One of the exciting things for me as I read through the Bible is the way that God uses ordinary people and ordinary things. Can I tell you, you don't have to be some super spiritual, supernatural saint to be used of God. God wants to use you. And God wants to use you right where you are. And that's what we're going to study about this evening. I'm surprised, though, at the things that God uses for his honor and his glory. And that's the case that we'll read about in our text this evening. Because God uses something so small, we recognize it, we know it's there, but so often we just skip right over it and don't even see the significance of it. And I trust the Lord will use it to be a help to us and challenge our hearts this evening. I would ask if you would to stand in honor and reverence to the reading of God's word. We're going to begin reading here in Luke chapter number 19 and read the first six verses. Luke chapter 19, verse number one says, And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans. And he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus who he was and could not for the press because he was little of stature. And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you once again for the word of God. Thank you for the privilege to open the word of God tonight. Lord, I pray that you'd take and use the word of God to challenge our hearts, Father. Lord, I pray you for the next few moments of time, you'd make your preacher out of me. Lord, I recognize I need you. Oh, how needy I am, Lord. I can't do anything on my own. I wouldn't desire to, Lord. It's all through you. Lord, I pray you'd use me in these next few moments. Challenge our hearts together, I pray. Lord, have your will and your way in all that's done. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for standing. You can be seated this evening. I'm sure if you've been in church any uh, length of time, you know the story of Zacchaeus. As a matter of fact, just the mention of his name, some of you now are humming the song. Zacchaeus was a wee little man. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. We ought to just go ahead and sing it so you can get it out of your system. And a wee little man was he. He climbed up in a sycamore tree. Why? For the Lord, he wanted to see. You're already thinking it, so we'll just go ahead and get it out in your system. It's an amazing thing, though, to me. When I get ready to work on something, now, number one, it's because I can't afford to have somebody else fix it. Because that's my primary desire, that somebody else would do it, and they would just go ahead and do it right. But when I get ready to work on something, number one, I'm thinking, I probably don't have the right tools. So I'm going to have to go buy something. I'm going to buy something cheap because it's been 45 years and I hadn't needed it before. I'm probably not going to need it again. And so I want to buy cheap, but I want it to work. And I want it to be good. And I want it to last. I do a lot of the media work at Macedonia. And uh, boy, there's all kinds of computer programs. You say, what all does that involve? If you can see it or hear it, it involves media. Sir? Oh, I thought I had something. (laughs) I thought, what needs to be turned on? Amen. 
Amen. And I'm always looking for a program or software or something. But you know what? I, I begin to study, and I want to find one that I can afford that's not going to be outrageous but does everything I want it to do. I want it to do it automatically if I can help it so that I can get all the credit for how wonderful it looks and all these different things. I want everything to be just right. And boy, whenever we do that, whenever we look for a tool, whenever we look for something to work with, don't we often do that? You look for something. I mean, I study and I review, and we want it to be just right. We want it to be all the bells and whistles and the top of the line and everything just wonderful. You know, it's an interesting thing to me. When God begins to look for something to work with, he doesn't do that. That's not the way he does. As a matter of fact, he does quite the opposite. He doesn't look for the fanciest or the wealthiest or the most popular or the most eloquent, but he chooses simple things. He uses small things. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 1.27, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. When God gets ready to work, he chooses simple things, weak things. He takes a stutterer and leads his children out of Egypt. When God gets ready to work, he chooses laps around a city wall, those walls that were seemingly unconquerable. When God gets ready to work, he chooses 300 men with trumpets and pitchers to defeat their enemy. God specializes in using common, everyday things to accomplish his will. In our text that we've read this evening, we're introduced to a man by the name of Zacchaeus. And the Bible tells us in verse number two of the text that we read, behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. Now that tells you a whole lot about Zacchaeus and the way people felt about him just in that one verse. Because that word publican in the New Testament means a tax collector for the Roman government. Now you can imagine, you didn't want to see him knocking on your door. He was not somebody that you would expect to come with the welcome wagon. He was despised. He was hated because those tax collectors were thought to be very corrupt and evil men. If you owed $5, they would take 20 and they'd pay your five and they'd pocket 15. They, were, they would embezzle, they would steal, they committed fraud because any way they had to do to get the money was what they would do. And so the Bible tells us that Zacchaeus was a publican. He was a despised man. He was a hated man. And the Jews, as they saw that man, would only think of a sinner and a crook. But the Bible not only tells us that Zacchaeus was a publican, but notice what else it says. It says, which was the chief among the publicans. So Zacchaeus was good at it. He wasn't just a, a, a small crook. He was a real good crook. He was real good at stealing from people. He was real good at patting his pockets. So good, in fact, that he had made his way up the ladder. Now, he probably did that through a series of bribery and paying off his bosses so that he could climb up the ladder. And the Bible not only says that he was chief, but then the Bible says, and he was rich. You know how he got rich? Stealing money out of other people. Pocketing money from other people. He knew how to line his pockets. He knew how to get the money from people. And so as you consider the story of Zacchaeus, oh, we see a wonderful story of God's mercy and grace. And, and as we'll go through the text, wow, what a change that takes place in the life of Zacchaeus. But I want us to focus on something that God takes and uses in a vital way for Zacchaeus to come to know Christ and to see that change. Now, I want to preach on this thought, Lord, make me a sycamore tree. Lord, make me 
a sycamore tree. I want you to consider four things with me this evening that I hope God will use to challenge your heart this evening. Number one, I want you to consider, I already told you the first point, a problem. A lot of problems. But that's the world we live in, I guess. Number one, a problem. And here was Zacchaeus' problem. There was a desire in his heart to see Jesus. Zacchaeus had undoubtedly heard about Jesus. Zacchaeus had undoubtedly heard about the Lord, and he knows the Lord is passing through. And Zacchaeus wants to see him, but he can't. Zacchaeus has a problem. He cannot see Jesus. He cannot get to the Lord. As a matter of fact, the odds are completely against him because verse 3 says, and he sought to see Jesus who he was and could not for the press because he was little of stature. The people were in Zacchaeus' way. The people kept Zacchaeus from seeing Christ. You could say it this way. Society kept Zacchaeus from seeing Christ. They were in the way. They were blocking him. As Jesus passed by that way, the people were lined up, and Zacchaeus was at the back of the line, and surely Zacchaeus wouldn't go to the front of the line because he knew how much people hated him. And all Zacchaeus could do is stand there and look at everybody's waist because he was a wee little man, remember? And wonder what's going on and wonder where he is. Society kept Zacchaeus from seeing the Lord. Not only that, his stature kept him from seeing the Lord because of his size. And so between his, his society and stature, Zacchaeus had ho- no hope of seeing Christ. He had no way of getting a glimpse of the Lord on his own. And without help from somebody else, that curiosity, that desire that he has in his heart is going to go unfulfilled. Without help, that seeking, that searching will never be solved. Without help, Zacchaeus is destined to leave the same way that he arrived. Zacchaeus has a problem. On his own, he cannot get to Jesus. On his own, he cannot know Christ. And can I say this evening, my friend, to remind you that the world is really no different than Zacchaeus today. They have a problem. They need Jesus. They have a problem. They need to know Christ. And rest assured that just as society kept Zacchaeus from knowing the Lord, society does what it can to keep somebody from knowing Christ as well. We don't live in a pro-Christian society. We don't live in a society that's pushing people to know Christ. We're doing quite the opposite in our world today. They're keeping them. They're striving to keep a wall, to keep that border up from Christ infiltrating anybody's life. Society will keep them from knowing Christ. But their stature... Not necessarily their physical size, but their spiritual size. Because on their own, they're not good enough. On their own, they can't get to the Lord. On their own, they're looking for something to feel the longing in their hearts. And on their own, they're trying to find all that they can, but they simply do not have what it takes. They do all they can to try and be a good person. They do all they can to try and turn over a new leaf. They try to live a moral life. They try and they try and they try, but it's never, ever enough. They always need something more. And they come up just a little bit short every time. Oh, left on his own, friend Zacchaeus has a serious problem because he has no way of seeing the Savior. Left on his own, he has a serious issue. He has no way of seeing Jesus as he passes by. Zacchaeus needs somebody or something to help him. And so we see, first of all, a problem. Because without help, Zacchaeus will never see the Lord. Without help from somebody else, Zacchaeus will never know Christ. And again, the world today is the same way. 
And can I tell you, that's why it's so important. And I know that you do. We stayed over here in the Family Life Center this afternoon, and I walked down the hall and looked at all those pictures of missionaries. But that's why it's so important to be involved in that. Because there are people all around you that need to know Christ and they're searching and they need some help. They have a problem. They can't know him and they'll never know him on their own because how shall they hear without a preacher? They need somebody to tell them. They need somebody to tell them how to be saved. They need somebody to tell them about Christ. The world needs somebody to go and share the gospel message with them. And the problem of our heart dictates that somebody must go. Zacchaeus needed help. Nearly 8 billion people in our world today need help. They need somebody to come and help them get to Jesus. Oh, we see, first of all, a problem. But I'm so thankful that God is a problem solver. Because not only do we see a problem, number two, I want you to consider a provision. A provision. Now, we've already said Zacchaeus was way too short to see over the crowd in front of him. I don't know how deep the crowd was. It could have been 5, 10, 15, 20 people lined up. Who knows how deep it was. But either way, Zacchaeus couldn't get around him. Zacchaeus couldn't see around him. He needed help. I remember before we moved to the office at Macedonia, we lived in South Louisiana. And I remember one time, it was probably about this time of year, seeing a sign advertising Mardi Gras ladders. And I thought, well, what in the world is that? So I asked one of the smartest things I know, Google. If y'all don't know Google, you ought to know my friend. Google and YouTube helped me with so much of that first part of the message about fixing stuff. It'll help you know not to try it sometimes. But I thought, what in the world's a Mardi Gras ladder? Well, I looked it up, and a Mardi Gras ladder is about a six or eight foot standard ladder that has like a booster seat built on the top of it where you can put a kid up there so they can see over the crowd. And not all of them's raunchy, just by the way, <laughs> just so you know. But uh, so they could see the parade. And I thought, man, if Zacchaeus would have had a Mardi Gras ladder, he'd have been set. He could have got up there and seen over everybody else and seen everything going on and called all the stuffed animals and depending on which parade you had, the cabbage or whatever it was they was throwing. And a boy, he'd have been set. But Zacchaeus didn't have no Mardi Gras ladder. Zacchaeus needed something else. Zacchaeus needed something. And aren't you thankful that God is a God of provision? God always provides Matter of fact, he's already got a solution in mind. I mean, here's Zacchaeus. He's standing there. He's wondering, how am I going to see the Lord? What am I going to do? I can't see around all these people. I can't get over the crowd. I can't go through them. If they recognize me, boy, they'll kill me. I, I, what can I do? And out of the corner of his eye, what does he see? A sycamore tree. That little tree that we read over so many times, we know it's part of the story because we sing it in the song, but we don't really think a whole lot about it. But God put a sycamore tree there. Bible tells us in verse 4, he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. Now, have you ever thought about this? It's an amazing thing, really. God, in his infinite mercy and grace, has provided exactly what Zacchaeus needs so that Zacchaeus can see Christ. God is so interested in the salvation of the world that he's provided everything the world needs to be saved. And can I tell you, he did it on a tree. But here's a tree he used. Now think about this. Do you think that tree was accidentally put there? God in his providential wisdom knew exactly where to plant that sycamore tree. 
He knew exactly where that tree needed to be so that Zacchaeus could see it out of the corner of his eye one day and Zacchaeus could get to it at the exact moment and have time to climb up it and see Jesus as he passes by that way. God knew exactly where to put that tree. God planted that tree in the exact spot. God knew exactly when to plant that tree. If God had planted it the week before, it had been too little. Zacchaeus could have jumped over it, but he couldn't have climbed it. If God had planted it way too early, it might have been rotten by now. But God knew exactly when to plant the tree so that the tree could grow and be strong enough for Zacchaeus to be tall enough to climb up it and see the Lord Jesus. God knew all about it. God knew where to plant the tree. He knew when to plant the tree. God knew exactly what size that tree would need to be. You know what? God knew what kind of tree to plant. A sycamore tree. A sycamore tree has branches that extend in every direction, making them easier to climb. Boy, if that had been a pine tree, Zacchaeus would still be trying to get up it and see Jesus. But God gave him everything that he needed at the exact spot and at the exact moment that he would need to see Jesus. In his infinite love and mercy, God has already provided everything that Zacchaeus needs so that he might know Christ. We see a provision. But then number three, I want you to consider a purpose. A purpose. What was the purpose of that sycamore tree? Oh, far beyond it just to provide shade along the highway side. Far beyond just providing some fruit for the people passing by. And I'm sure it did all those things and I'm glad it did. But that tree had one purpose. To lift up Zacchaeus so that he could see Jesus. I am convinced that the primary purpose of that specific tree was to help Zacchaeus see Jesus. That was it. And can I remind you again this evening, my friend, God has already provided for the greatest need of this world. God has already provided salvation. We know that God has provided salvation through Jesus Christ. Now they need to hear. Now they need to know the good news. God has provided a way for mankind to know and to hear the good news. How is that? Me and you. Me and you. That is our purpose. We have a purpose. You have a purpose, Calvary Baptist Church. What is that purpose? To make him known. Our purpose and your purpose and my purpose is that we might glorify God by sharing the gospel with others because our purpose really is the same as that sycamore tree to help somebody see Jesus. Our purpose is the same as that tree to lift somebody up so that they might know Christ. Our purpose is onefold that we might know him. Now, I realize that we all have different ways we do that. We all have different parts in God's work, and aren't you glad that we do? God uses each and every one of us in different ways, but we have one primary purpose. We have one objective in this life, and that's that we might simply help others know Christ. Everybody's always looking for purpose. Everybody's always looking for the meaning of their lives. Believers talk about knowing the will of God. Can I tell you, the biggest part of it is this. To help others know Christ. To lift up others to know Jesus. To come alongside of Zacchaeus. Somebody that's despised and hated by this world. And show them the love of Christ. And let them know that not everybody hates them. And let them know that there is a Christ that cares. There is somebody that loves them. And show them how they can know Jesus. And help them come to Christ. Your purpose is to be like that sycamore tree. To help somebody else see Jesus. And can I tell you, just like that tree, it's no mistake where you are. 
It's no mistake. I'm convinced God put that sycamore tree where he did when he did. I'm also convinced God puts us where he does when he does. God places us right where he wants us so that he can use us in the greatest capacity. We think, oh, I wonder what it'd be like to be over here. I wonder what it'd be like to be over here. There's times I'm sure, I know I have thought, man, I wonder what it'd be like to live so long ago and not have to worry about some of this stuff and that stuff. And, and boy, I wish I didn't have to deal with some of these things. But you know what? God didn't put you there. God put you here. God put you here now. God put you in this place. So fulfill your purpose. So do what he's called you to do. Because the fact of the matter is this, God has you where he wants to use you. Now you think about that. God has you where he wants to use you. If he wanted to use you somewhere else, he'd put you somewhere else. But where he's got you is where he wants to use you. And he wants to take your life and use you as a tool in the master's hand. You don't need to spend a whole lot of time and all the months of your days searching for bigger and better and more prestigious. Be used where you are. Be used right where you are. I remember hearing Dr. Alan Barker. You've got his picture on the wall down there. I love Dr. Barker. I've known him for years. I remember hearing him preach a message one time saying, bloom where you're planted out of Philippians. And that's what God wants us to do. Wherever you are, you say, I don't like it here. Well, find your purpose and you will. Embrace what God has for you and your will. And when you begin to embrace that, when you begin to embrace that purpose that God has for you, you'll begin to find opportunities. Can I tell you, I've only been here a few times now. This is my third visit here. I guarantee there's something here you can do to help somebody know Jesus. I guarantee you there's something you can be involved in to help somebody know Jesus. Whether it's vacation Bible school, the children's church, the van route, Brother Jerry, there's something that you can do to help somebody know Jesus. Why don't you embrace your purpose and get involved? Get involved in the missions given of your church and, and help the people around the world know that there's a Christ that loves them. Hey, Calvary Baptist Church, God has you here for a purpose. God has you here in this area for a reason so that you can fulfill the purpose of pointing others to him. Look at the people all around you. Now, listen, where you live and where I live are a little different. We live in a metro area of, of Atlanta. We're in Gwinnett County. Gwinnett County has over a million people. There are people everywhere. There ain't people everywhere. Around here, man, we rode around after lunch and, and I saw open fields and all, man, they'd have warehouses and houses there tomorrow. If as in, in Gwinnett County. But you know what else I did see? Houses. When we went to eat, you know what I saw? People. There's other cars on the road, so I'm hoping that meant there was other people on the road. <laughs> Please, Lord. Didn't see no tractors. I know I rode by North Idle this morning. I graduated from South Idle. We used to joke about them driving tractors to school. But you know what that tells you? There's people. And where there's people, God has a purpose. Where there's people, God has a plan. God wants somebody to reach those people. God has somebody that only you can reach. God has somebody that only you can touch with the gospel. And God has given you a job to do. Reach somebody with the gospel. Determine, I'm going to be that sycamore tree. 
I'm going to help somebody else see Jesus. Let them see Jesus in your life. Let them see Jesus through you. You've heard the saying, no doubt, the church that does not evangelize will fossilize. And boy, that's true. Hey, Calvary, you got a great thing. God has blessed you, but you're not that far away. Wasn't that long ago we had some men from two different churches come in the office there at Macedonia and say, we don't have nobody coming. We need to close the doors. Is there anything y'all want to do with the property? Well, we're not in the business of having church properties because we don't send missionaries. We assist missionaries. But I thought, how sad. In a metro area with millions of people, in a county with over one million people, they can't find enough people to keep those churches running. And I'm not throwing off on them, please understand. But I'm telling you, you're not that far away. You better not get comfortable. You better not get satisfied. They still cherish to be filled. Hey, I guarantee you, you can knock out a wall and build some more. Find your purpose. Embrace your purpose. Be busy about that purpose. Oh, the purpose of that sycamore tree was to help Zacchaeus see Jesus. We see the purpose. Then number four, we see the power in the purpose. The power in the purpose. Because the sycamore tree fulfilled its purpose and did what it was supposed to do, what happened? Zacchaeus' life was changed. Now that's interesting. Verse 5 says, and when Jesus came to the place, how do I know God had a certain spot? Because when Jesus came to the place, God said, look up. Right there, stop, look up. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. Jesus, the son of God, is going to Zacchaeus' house. Boy, he had never been invited before. He'd have never been welcomed there before, but look at what's happened. Notice the change in Zacchaeus' life. Look at verse number eight. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. Now, if you give away half and then fourfold, guess what you is? Bankrupt. <laughs> but what a change. The man that was a crooked, corrupt tax collector is now bankrupt from giving. Why? The power of the gospel. And I'm not saying that if you get saved tonight, God's going to make you give everything away, but he will change you. He will change your life. This publican is no longer taking money. Instead, he's restoring money. He's giving back what he took from others. And I know it sounds silly to say, but what, don't you think that sycamore tree was glad it did its job? It did what it could. And that's all the Lord asked of us. He did, it did what it could. It fulfilled its purpose of helping Zacchaeus see Jesus. And when you consider the change, when you consider the power of the gospel, how can you help but rejoice? Who is it that God wants to use you to help them see Jesus? Who is it that God has put in your life that he wants you to help get to Jesus? Because I'm telling you, when they get to Jesus and you see the change and you see what happens in their life, boy, you'll be glad you did. Boy, you'll be glad you had a part in that. 
I was thinking about uh, the young lady, and I don't know who it was because I was sitting up here, and she said tonight, the, or this morning, the missionary, the Earwoods, came by her church. And I know them. I've done media work for them. And I can't wait to call and tell him about that. I'm hoping it's the same one. But I know them. I'm going to pretend like it was. You know what? I guarantee he's glad. He'll be glad he went and preached that Sunday. He'll be glad they sung that song that Sunday. Hey, who is it that God wants to use in your life? Who is it that God wants to use you to impact so that you can look back and say, I sure am glad I did that that day. Oh, I sure am glad I had a part in that. Hey, there'll come a day when we're in heaven and we stand before the Lord and all that money you've invested in world missions, you'll look back into the, the crowd of people that's been saved because of the missionaries and you'll say, I sure am glad I had a part in that. I sure am glad I had something to do with that. When the missionary letters are read and you see those missionary letters and you read of souls being saved and churches being established and families being put back together and lives being changed, you can look back and say now, hey, I sure am glad I had a part in that. Sure am glad I had something to do with that because when you give, you are having a part in it. And there's power in that purpose. There's power in helping somebody else get to Jesus. And so the prayer of our heart ought to be this, Lord, just use me. And Lord, I'm not asking you to use me in a great big way. Lord, I'm not asking you to put my name in lights. And I told my wife during Sunday school, I said, I hope they don't have to look at my picture. And there it is. Like they did Brother Terry's this morning. But you know, I'm not talking about having your name on the, on the wall or having your name in the bulletin or, or on a sign somewhere. I'm just talking about being a tool in the master's hand. Because that's all he wants from all of us. That's all he wants from each and every one of us. Not some great uh, fame, but just be something he can use. Just be something in the master's hand that he can take and help somebody else know him. Lord, use me. God used that sycamore tree to help Zacchaeus see Jesus. My heart's prayer is, Lord, would you make me a sycamore tree? Lord, just help me to help somebody else get to you. Let's pray together this evening. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the word of God. And Lord, we realize it's not our words. It's not anything that I could say. Lord, it's not the opinion of man that will ever make a difference in a life. It is the word of God. It is only the word of God. And Lord, as we've tried our best to share that this evening exactly as you'd given it to us, Lord, I pray that you'd use it. Lord, challenge my heart to do more. Lord, challenge my heart to be used. Lord, challenge the hearts of these, your people. Lord, do a work. Lord, I know you are doing a great work through Calvary Baptist Church right here where it is. Lord, there's greater days ahead if they'll just be a tool in the master's hand. Lord, it can have a countywide impact, but it can have a worldwide impact through its missionary efforts. Lord, if we'll just surrender ourselves and say, Lord, please use me. Lord, have you willing your way now in this time, I pray. I pray if there be one, uh, maybe you'd lay on somebody's heart that individual that you'd have them to reach. Lord, give them boldness. Give them wisdom. Give them a heart to know you. Lord, we'll give you the glory for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. As we stand to our feet, he's coming. Brother Brandon's coming to lead us in a song of invitation. Maybe you've got somebody on your heart right now that you want to pray for and you want to ask the Lord to help you reach. You want to ask the Lord to help you to win them. 
why don't you come on and pray? Every head bowed and every eye closed, just for a moment or so. As many have already made their way, how about you tonight? There's no doubt in my mind that everyone in this room has somebody that they need to reach. Somebody that they can be the sycamore tree for and ultimately show them the Lord. How about it tonight? Would you pray for an open door of opportunity? Maybe at your workplace, teenagers, maybe at school, maybe it's a family member. Whoever it is tonight, the Lord already knows. But may you call their name out tonight in prayer and ask him to open that door of opportunity to allow us to be a witness. The church, he's been so good to us. He saved us not to sit but to serve. 